what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. Welcome to the Entrepreneur Exchange on the Mesh Podcast Network, a monthly conversation about startups and small business with ideas, tools, and advice to operate your business more effectively. On today's show, we're getting into the holiday season. So guess what? It's time for our annual Business Lessons from the Movies Podtacular Edition, where we'll be joined by the founders of the Foot Candle Film Society, Alan Jackson and Chris Fry. We're going to give you some movie ideas to make it through the holidays. Now, usually we say with a, a minimum of conversation with your in-laws, but it's a weird time out there. You just might need some movie recommendations just to get through the holidays and have something to do. So we've got them for you. And we'll also share some of our small businesses of the month that you should be checking out at the end of the podcast. Welcome. My name is Jeff Newville. I'm your co-host and I'm the director of the Small Business Center at Catawba Valley Community College in Hickory, North Carolina. I'm joined by my co-host, Gary Muller, who is the Dean of the School of Business, Industry, and Technology and Fine Arts at Catawba Valley Community College. Gary, I'm never going to get your title correct because it's way too long, but welcome. How are you doing? I'm doing great, and you're doing really well with the title. Of course, it keeps adding every time we talk, so that's really feels good. Well, you know, you, you know, one of one of the business lessons I've always learned is it's cheaper to give people a title than a raise. So I, I, I hope that you're finding a way to get both, man. No, it, you know, the community college. So uh, your first part of that is the right answer. So I have many well, words behind my name, none of which mean a lot, except it's important. Uh, our school, what we're doing with our students. Well, it's uh, we're, we're, we're you're getting toward the end of the semester, which. On the one hand, you can see the uh, light at the end of the tunnel, but I know that there are some exams and things that, that uh, you and, and the people at the college have to get through. So I, I hope that you're going to be able to get to a point where you can enjoy the holidays soon. Hoping to do that. And yeah, it's, we are very excited. We're finishing our 14th week out of 16 in the semester. And we were literally been counting the days to the end of the semester and the weeks to the end of the semester because we kept saying the longer we can go through the semester without having to shut down or do something, the better we're going to do for our students. And very proud of our faculty and our students that have worked hard to do everything we've asked. So we're going to I feel great that we're going to finish this semester. And the best thing I can say is we're teaching every class the way we have in the past. If it's been a seated class or a, a hybrid class, we're teaching it that way. And we've been very fortunate in the very difficult challenges that we're facing. But again, thanks to our faculty and students, they've all stepped up. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, it's, it's, we're, we're taping this in early December and, uh, uh, we're also, uh, very happy that, uh, Chris Fry and Alan Jackson with the Foot Candle Film Society can, yeah. uh, uh, join us again. Fellas, are you guys out there? Yeah. Absolutely. Glad well, to be back. We are both here and very happy. How many years has this been? We've been doing this now? It's uh, five, six, twelve. I don't know. It's been a few. So uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's getting hard to not recycle films. We started in 2013. That's what my intern here is telling us is that we started in 2013. So this would be officially our one, two, three, four, five, six, eighth year doing this. Wow. This is great. Eight years. Well, and, and it's it's one of it's it's always one of our favorite shows because we get to spend time with you guys. You yeah. know. 
I like movies. Gary likes movies. Uh, uh, you know, you guys are founders of the Foot Candle Film Society. Uh, and uh, also you have your own podcast uh, that talks about films as well that people should be checking out on on the mesh. They can find it on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all the other places as well. Is that correct? Absolutely. That is correct. It's uh, Foot Candle Films on the Mesh Network. And uh, yeah, we put out, uh, I think, two episodes a month where we talk about recent reviews of films and uh, also some news of upcoming productions. You know, it's been a little tricky this past year with movie theaters not really being open or a lot of new movies not coming out to them. So uh, it's been a little more challenging, but we found some interesting films to discuss over the past year. And uh, we'll have a few to share with you today as well. Well, well, our premise is you know, we, we all enjoy the holidays. Uh, we wish that we could be spending time with our family and friends and going to parties and all that sort of thing. But we also recognize that we're going to have some downtime. We're going to need some entertainment. Uh, and, and we want to make some recommendations to you on movies that provide some sort of business lesson. They don't necessarily have to be a business movie, but uh, hopefully we can find some sort of uh, business lessons out there for our listeners as we go through. So that's sort of what we're, that we've tried to do and what we'll try to do today. So we're going to take turns uh, talking about some movies that we've seen or that we like that uh, we'd recommend that you consider checking out over the holidays. So Alan, Chris, which one of you wants to take the first swing at it? I'll, I'll go first. So um, my movies, I'm going to recommend two today. And then I do have a recommendation because I know when I come on this show, we do a small business of the month for the podcast. So all of my picks this uh, episode are going to have a theme and I'm not going to reveal what that is and uh, see if my co-host can kind of guess what that theme is. I think, I think you can do it. So um, my movie is uh, the first one I'm going to recommend is a comedy that came out this past year. It's called American Pickle. And it stars Seth Rogen. And he is an immigrant worker at a pickle factory who is accidentally preserved for 100 years and wakes up in modern day Brooklyn. So it's a fun movie. Seth Rogen actually plays two characters, both the guy who falls asleep for the 100 years. And then he plays a long lost relative in modern day Brooklyn. So he plays a dual role. So that in itself is fun. But um, and I have to give credit to Alan because we were talking before we started recording. And he actually gave me kind of a cheat sheet for some of the entrepreneurial lessons that are taught in this movie. And uh, I'm getting the cheat sheet from a website called Rising Innovator. And they list out the things such that this movie kind of talks about, such as have a good goal or motivation to start your business, choose a business that you are knowledgeable about, be resourceful to get cheap slash free materials for your business, appropriately price your product. So all of these are things that are discussed in the movie. Yeah, it's a comedy about a guy trying to do pickles, sell pickles on the street. <laughs> but uh, it's funny, but yet there are some good business lessons there too about competition and what that causes to happen. So uh, American Pickle, uh, it is currently streaming on HBO Max. I think that's kind of the way they decided to distribute the film, but uh, I highly recommend it. And I've got to add a quick note on that film, too, because I, I it's one I considered, and I'm glad to hear Chris Chris picked it. Um, yeah, you wouldn't think it's a business-related movie, but it actually has a lot more business lessons than, uh, than you might realize. Um, but there's also an interesting dynamic about the film in that Seth Rogen playing the dual role, both his own great-grandfather and his, his great-grandson. Right. You know, the great-great-grandfather 
had a very different work ethic that he brought to the table from his time period. And he's clashing with his great grandson who has a very, it's very much this uh, online startup mentality. He's got a business he's wanting to start up, but he's in a, in a, he, he's in a stuck spot because he's, you know, jokingly, he's spending more time thinking about the font for his logo of his business than he is the actual business itself. So the film does an interesting thing of kind of showing a little bit of a different work ethic style between these two generations and what they can actually learn from one another and how to do business better. So, um, yeah, it had some, some interesting lessons in there for sure. Uh, I'm, I'm always impressed of uh, how much Seth Rogen is working and that he, he, he sort of plays the stoner on a lot of these things. But, yeah, he seems very ambitious and does a lot of things. So good for Seth Rogen. Have, have either of you guys seen this movie, An American Pickle? I'm not. I've not okay. yet seen it, but I'll, I will look for it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's worth a watch. I, you know, it's, a, it's a, a, an entertaining film, I think. And there are some interesting messages about family and tradition and all of that in there, too. So, yeah, it's, it's a good pick, Chris. And it, it's PG thirteen too, so there you know are some you know crude humor stuff, but it could be okay for the family PG thirteen. So yeah. okay, it could be at least PG thirteen with Seth Rogen. I know it's kind of amazing. It is. It is. It's a rarity. <laughs> I, I, I think we're going to all be ponying up for HBO Max at some point in time. Uh, after the announcements recently, yes, I believe that's the case. So, uh, a lot of, a lot of new movies or movie theaters are going to be in a tough spot next, next year, but that's a, but that's a topic for foot candle films podcast to be discussing <laughs> in the future. I encourage everybody to listen to that and hear us talk about the state of movie theaters in America. So yes. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Alan, uh, what, uh, what's your first, uh, recommendation of the day? So I also have two films to recommend, and uh, I'm tr- I really am debating which one to bring up first. Because, and do you have uh, a theme like I do? No, there's no theme. No, yes. this is completely <laughs> random picks. Okay. Uh, let me bring up the more traditional one first. Um, this is the one that I think is a very clear, has some clear business messages in it. Uh, the film is Ford versus Ferrari or mm-hmm. Ford v. Ferrari. Uh, I hope I'm not stealing anybody's thunder if you've no, seen it, about either it. of you guys. Yeah. This is a film, probably one of the last films I saw in the movie theater as well, by the way. So back in, I think, January or so of this year. Um, it's starring Matt Damon and Christian Bale. And it's basically talking about the uh, the Ford Motor Company and their scheme to reinvent the company while also engaging in a bitter rivalry with the Ferrari uh, car manufacturer. And the whole goal, the whole pl- the plot of the film is that it's trying to figure out how to win the Lamar's race, uh, which is the, the big endurance race that, you know, was very, uh, very popular at the time. This is back in the 1960s. And the film really does a lot of exploration about what it takes to think differently about your business, your product and who you are as a business. And even to the point of kind of cutting out as much of the red tape and over-management that can happen sometimes in a business setting to get down to the root. What is the issue? What is the thing we're trying to solve? And how can we flatten our decision-making process to get to a really, really great outcome? And I think it does a good job with that because uh, there's even a key scene in the film where um, the Ford Motor Company you just see has just uh, so many people involved and so many managers and so much reporting structure that when they brought on uh, the Matt Damon character who played uh, Shelby, um, uh, Carol Shelby, uh, a car designer to come in and help. Basically, they just stripped that all out and said, look, 
Shelby's going to come work for us, but only if he can just report directly to Mr. Ford. Like he wants to work directly and he wants to uh, compile his own team and he wants to do it the right way. And that's what actually ended up being more successful for them. So uh, I thought it was good. It's talking about, you know, making sure you're not just throwing a whole lot of new technology at a problem. If there's not a simpler way to, to solve it, how to flatten that decision-making process and then learning from others because the Matt Damon character and Christian Bale character both had to bring together a very different uh, work style and thought processes to solve a problem. And I think uh, it's a great example. You know, you could say the film ended without them maybe not necessarily being 100% successful in their goal, but from where they started in the film to where they ended, it certainly was a very nice uh, positive movement for them. Mm. So uh, yeah, Ford v. Ferrari, I think uh, uh, is a good film and uh, some great messages in there for the business community. I think that's a good one. Yeah, I do too. Okay. Uh, And I, I, I'm sad to say I've not seen this one yet. I mean, I, it it was on my list of movies to see is it um, is it streaming anywhere, or do I need to chunk out a little bit of money to produce it, or what? I, I don't know where it's streaming, but I know it is available online to watch. I just don't know if it's streaming, like you know, as part of a subscription service, or if you have to plunk down three, four dollars to rent it and watch it. But it is absolutely available to watch on Amazon, Apple, all those typical places. I believe it's um, HBO too right now. Okay, good. Yeah, that's right. I think HBO is grabbing up most of these films these yeah. days. So yeah. Um, yeah, Jeff, it's, it's a really good film. I think you'd enjoy it. It's, uh, entertaining acting's really good in it. And, uh, it's some great, uh, cinematography of the, of the car races as well. So really well done. So. Okay. Good deal. I'm, 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 that's, that's, that's moving higher on the list. Okay. Good deal. Awesome. All right, Gary, what, uh, what's your recommendation? Well, I think this will be high on your list too. Actually, it comes from my wife, one of our great listeners and fans uh devil wears prada yeah. go nice. back okay. and she said you know that's a, got a real strong business theme obviously with meryl streep and Anne hathaway uh and of course meryl streep's that tough tough hard-nosed uh business person and kind of ruthless kind of cold uh which is i think a a theme that we should look at and say, Hey, that's probably not necessarily the way we want to run our businesses. And then also looking at Anne Hathaway, where she starts really doesn't want to be in the business, gets the job, uh, and then becomes part of the culture of doing what you need to do to move forward. And I guess till the, near the very end, I don't know if she's necessarily going to become, uh, Meryl Streep's character, Miranda, but she's, because she stops short of that and kind of doubles back and says, hey, this isn't where I want to be. But I thought it was pretty good from a business uh, theme. That's a good movie, too. Entertaining. Okay. And and, uh, and that, that one was a pretty popular popular movie and, and uh, well-recognized. Uh, you, know, you got some top-name actors out there. Yep. Yeah. A lot of folks. Emily Blunt, Stanley Tucci. I'm looking at my notes. But a lot of folks. But I thought it was a, you know, it's obviously got, if you're not thinking from a business standpoint, you're not necessarily thinking about it as we're talking about it today, but it does have a lot of business themes. And I get my other ones, they're kind of both about leadership as much as they are about, or bad leadership and what it can do to your organization. 
Yeah. Oh, I do have a theme. I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> <laughs> Gary, that's a film that I, you know, when I, I remember when it came out, I really had no interest in seeing it. Didn't sound like something I would enjoy, but I was actually really pleasantly surprised at how, how much I did enjoy the film. And it's a, and I think it really is the performances are great, but the whole idea of leadership and styles of leadership and, and working uh, in a collaborative environment, uh, it was really interesting. Yeah. And I had the same thought, you know, if Tammy didn't say, Hey, we need to go see this because she likes Meryl Streep, we probably, mm-hmm. wouldn't have, or I probably wouldn't have gone. And yeah. I thought the movie was good. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Okay. I, I think that's a good recommendation. All right. I appreciate that. Thanks. Dad. Um, the, the, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I've got two films as well. No, uh, no theme intended. But uh, the first film that I would recommend uh, is a 2019 documentary called American Factory, which actually won the Academy Award for Best Documentary. And it's, a, it's about a Chinese company that uh, purchases a, a shuttered uh, General Motors plant outside of Dayton, Ohio. Uh, the business is called Fuyao Glass America, and they make... Uh, uh, windshields for cars and uh, uh, the film starts in 2008 where they're closing down this GM plant and thousands of people are, are losing their jobs and then sort of moves through the 2015 to 2017 uh, time frame when this Chinese company has bought the building and is coming back in and putting in all sorts of modern equipment into it and announcing the startup, which is embraced by all the local people. And, uh, you know, at first everybody's really happy and optimistic and, and you get to see these really different cultures in that the company brings in employees from China to work next to the uh, uh, American workers and show them the processes that they use. And, you know, they, there are actually some friendships that get built up between uh, you know, one of the uh, Chinese employees in particular and and some of the Americans and, and actually they have they celebrate Thanksgiving together. Um, and and then over time it sort of takes a, a turn for the worse as the productivity and efficiency is not then quality of product is not meeting the standards that the Chinese company expects and and there's some scenes where they take some of the U.S. employees to the plant in China to show them how they're doing it there, and just the very stark differences in in the mindsets and culture of of the of the different employees. Where the the Chinese employees are saying, "Wow, we we hear you guys get eight days off a month. You know, we get maybe two, and uh, um, you know, just just the the different attitudes and and cultural shifts and uh, and then as they go through, the uh, United Auto Workers comes in and tries to unionize the, the plant, and uh, the company management obviously is not pleased with this, and, and they fight that, and, and it just is somewhat of a roller coaster, and, you, and, and it takes some very surprising twists and turns. The access that the filmmakers were provided is rather incredible, and... Uh, and it's just really, and you know, I, I sort of take a step back and try to think, all right, you know, what sort of business lessons uh, would I take away from this? And I don't know. It just sort of felt like a primer on uh, 
global business, uh, just uh, really talked about the difficulty in melding different cultures together to make an effective workforce and all the challenges there. Personally, I've been in a company that was acquired and uh, bought another company. They tried to put them together and you know, you're, you're chasing this elusive synergy where two plus two equals five, but sometimes it feels like two plus two equals three. And it's just really hard to, to bring these different cultures together. And uh, just, it takes a lot of interesting twists and turns. And uh, it's, you know, from, from current events, from uh, the current state of global business, it's just really worth uh, giving a watch to. Yeah, I, th- I think that's a it's a really good documentary. I think there's a reason it was selected for an Oscar. It's kind of a you know a documentary style version of something like Gung Ho, that comedy from a while ago. I think Alan may have recommended that. On I think I did. Previous, yes, that was a previous uh, recommendation. I, I actually, I, I think the parallels are are, are, are almost creepy. Yeah, <laughs> it's true, and I, I think you commented on the access that the filmmakers must have had for the documentary, and yeah, it's incredible. Like they get the the guy from China, the CEO, president of the company, they get access to him, not just in the beginning when everything's like happy, happy when they come over and reopen back up the company, but they they have it for a good while. And it's just really fascinating to see so many players at the table being willing to talk on tape about the realities of business. And yeah, very eye-opening for me. I thought it was really good. And this, this one is available on Netflix. And it was actually uh, produced by the company that, uh, Barack and Michelle Obama started the, uh, their production company. I think it might have been the first film they produced, and uh, and I think there's also maybe a, a ten or fifteen minute interview where they're talking with the uh, directors of the movie as well. So that's that's all out there in Netflix, and and I, I can't say that it's going to be an uplifting movie, but it's 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 just worth watching. Great. That's what I. Get. That is one. That's one I need to catch up on. I, I it is now grown on my list as well, Jeff. So thank you. All right. Well, let's well, let's let's uh, let's go around the uh, the the cycle again. There, Chris, you got another one to share with us? Yes. Uh, this time, my film is going to be a documentary. Uh, it did come out in 2020. It's called The Donut King. And as you might imagine, uh, the documentary tells the story of Ted Nagoy. He's a Cambodian refugee who uh, comes to the United States and it tells the story kind of, you know, fate, love, survival, hard knocks and redemption. So kind of your basic story arc that you would normally see in like a a narrative film, but this is in a documentary. And uh, I really enjoyed it because it not only told you about his entrepreneurial spirit about coming to America and he was working a job, but he smelled donuts. He's like, this is, this smells amazing. He went over, he had a donut and he's like, I want to learn how to do this. And he's like, I want to buy the company. They said, no, you should go learn from this other donut making company in California first, and then maybe consider opening up your own place. And that's what he did. And uh, he ends up, I won't give away too much of the story, but he ends up not only starting his own business, but also giving away for other Cambodian refugees in the California area. When they come to the country, he helps them start their own donut business, kind of teaches them the ropes and lets them take off. And it was so successful out in California that actually when Dunkin' Donuts originally tried to go out to California and start their spread of donut shops there, they couldn't break into the market because the family-owned Cambodian donut shops already pretty much had it locked down and everybody was loyal to them. 
So that was kind of interesting and eye-opening to me that that was such a thing out in California. Um, so I, I highly recommend it. It's pretty much, you can get it on Apple, iTunes, Amazon. It's kind of streaming. It didn't, because of the situation, didn't really go to theaters that much. But uh, it's pretty it's pretty widely available, and I would highly recommend that. Another note, too, they do focus mainly on uh, Ted Nagoy, the, the donut king of the title. But they follow along a couple of people that started shops under his tutelage. And because generations are starting to change over, now they're good. It's going to like the children. And they say, oh, at first they were not interested in just running mom and dad's donut shop. Who wants to do that? But then they see the opportunity and they take on things like social media and Instagram, stuff like that, to try to boost their business and kind of make the business hip again and kind of take the old model and kind of make it new. So that was something else that was really interesting and entrepreneurial that was going on in the documentary. So uh, that's the donut King highly recommend it. Well, and, and I got to see that one uh, because of uh, the foot candle film society. And I also really enjoyed it. And it just sort of struck me as, is sort of the, the model entrepreneur, you know, and, and also the, the, uh, I don't know the, I don't know to say work ethic, but just uh, how entrepreneurial some of the people that have immigrated into the United States have been and continue to be and in, in what they contribute there. I will add there again, don't want to give too much away, but it's also kind of a good cautionary tale for entrepreneurs and business people in general you know, awesome. You have a rags to riches story, but once you get the riches, be careful and just be mindful of what you're doing because sometimes you can get carried away and then the riches go away. So you have to be, have to be careful about that. For sure. I I, I think you, you can say it's easy. You know, once you, once you're successful, sometimes you can get distracted from your business. Absolutely. (laughs) Anyway, good pick. Good pick. Thank you. All right. Alan, what do you have? Yeah. So let me pull back up my notes. So this one's going to be a little uh, unorthodox. Okay. So just remind me, Gary and Jeff, when we talk about business lessons from a movie, I mean, those, those lessons can be what not to do. Right. Right. I mean, we can go the opposite direction with this. Right. My theme is what not to do. Okay. So I'm going to piggyback on Gary's theme then of what not to do from a business standpoint. And in talking about the documentary, I'm going to recommend, which is uh, also on HBO again, like, you know, seems like half the things we're talking about are, um, it was anybody familiar with action park. I, I I've seen a little bit about it and I think there was a book about it as well as the documentary. That's correct. Here's a book. Uh, Action Park, for those not familiar with it, was an amusement park and water park located in New Jersey. And it was mostly water-based attractions. Uh, It was open to the public in 1978. Um, And it was really got a reputation for being having these very unique, thrill-seeking rides and attractions. But it also kind of got a reputation pretty quickly uh, for poorly designed rides, (laughs) under training of staff, and having underage staff. Uh, intoxicated guests, and a consequently poor safety record. In fact, at least six people have been known to die because of mishaps at this park. Um, so there's a doc- combination of what you were describing. 
Yes. So the documentary about this park is called Class Action Park, which is a nickname that the action park developed over time, rightfully so, it sounds like. Excuse me. Class Action Park is a documentary, and it talks about the development of this park. It talks about the owners and people who designed these rides and attractions, and talked about the reputation that the park got as well. Um, it is an interesting documentary, and it's one that Chris and I reviewed, and you know we had some some misgivings about because it is a film that is trying to take half the film is trying to be light and humorous about this over the top, really ridiculous park where people are risking their lives to ride these rides. This podcast is sponsored by Jackson creative, a custom communication agency located in downtown Hickory, North Carolina, specializing in online content creation to learn more, visit the Jackson Jackson creative. We tell your story. But then, you know, people died. I mean, this is a pretty serious subject matter. And the film wrestles sometimes with, you know, do I play this for jokes or do I play this serious? But hearing interviews with the people that were involved in the park, people who worked there, people who were visitors there, hearing about just the incredible amount of um, uh, crazy management that's going on in this place and the decision-making process that's happening as far as what they're going to do to try to work around regulations and to try to squeak by any kind of uh, uh, regulators that come by. It's a, it's a amazing, crazy story. Um, a sad story at the end of the day, because, you know, obviously people got hurt here pretty bad. Um, but I, I think if you look at it from a business standpoint, uh, I, I did find one or two good business messages to pull from it. Okay. The owners absolutely had passion and moxie and a lot of drive to do something to really make a thriving business. And they really wanted to give their audience and visitors a great experience. And there was a lot of collaboration and a great spirit among coworkers and people who saw this as kind of their home and this is their place, their family they belong to. So that's good, but everything else about it is bad. (laughs) Everything else that you learn from this park is bad. Um, Bad safety, bad, um, you know, uh, taking risk with things unnecessarily, uh, not listening to people that are trying to guide you and give you smart advice on what to do. Um, yeah, it's a, it's everything else is a bad lesson, but there are a couple good notes from it. Um, I'm not going to say it's a great film because, again, you kind of walk away from it. You know, John Hodgman's the, the narrator, and he adds kind of this dry humor tone to the whole thing. And some of the people that they interview are actually comedians that used to go to the park, and they're riffing on it and talking very lightly about it. But at the end of the day, it's it's tragic and that, you know, what all happened at this park and the number of people who died were, were hurt pretty bad. So um, take it with a grain of salt, but I do think there's some interesting lessons and anti-lessons to learn from uh, from Class Action Park, the documentary on HBO. It, it reminded me a lot of uh, a couple years ago, also on this podcast edition, We uh, I recommended, I believe, the documentary about the Fire Festival. And mm-hmm. it was kind of one of those things that you just have to watch the documentary because you can't believe the decisions that were being made. It's like Fire Festival in an amusement park. And that's kind of what was going on here because you hear Alan describe it and you're like, Okay, but then when you watch it, you're just your jaw drops because you cannot believe the stuff that was going on. So yeah, it's definitely a definitely a this is what not to do when having a business. But it's a it's it's worth a watch. Yeah. 
think I'd like to watch that. Well, it also seems like it it might help show the importance of a little bit of business planning before you open the doors and and then worry about your safety issues. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, it definitely is a cautionary tale for people that. Well, especially if you're getting, if you're wanting to have a business that is going to be thrills and dangerous activities, any kind of amusement park, I mean, you have to wrestle with that. It's just, this is a situation where they were obviously putting the ability to gain this notoriety above what was really safe for people. And there's a balancing line there that you have to, you have to define in that kind of business, I'm sure. Well, I, I, I think I read a review of the book somewhere, and I, I sort of have a, a list of books I wanted to read, and that made that list. So I'll um, I'll be looking for that documentary as well. So it it, it did look very very interesting. So I I'm I'm curious to to learn more about that one. So it's on the list. All right, great. All right, Gary, what do you have? Well, I went back into history, uh, and I picked one because I love sports themes. I picked Varsity Blues in 1999 from a leadership standpoint. And how many people have watched it? You guys watch movies. Um, Does everybody know the story? It's about a high school football team, very successful over the years. And their coach, uh, Bud Kilmer or John Voigt, plays him. And they uh, are very, very successful, but he's a – no holes barred, do whatever it takes to win, uh, coach, uh, things we've heard about many years and happens in many times, but, uh, finally things come to a head after 30 years of where he won 22 district titles, uh, where he forces the quarterback to play and then shoot him up with some painkillers so he can go out and he tears it, blows his knee out and then tries to do the same thing. Uh, with the next star on, and uh, James Van Der Beek, I think that's how you pronounce it. I know I've seen him in many movies. Uh, plays the backup quarterback and comes in, and his father is obsessed with him playing for this coach because he wanted to play for her many years ago. Uh, but he comes on the uh, backup coach who's, or backup quarterback who's got a scholarship, academic scholarship to Brown. And basically, because the coach is so ruthless and so rough at the halftime of the championship game, uh, they say they're not going out on the field uh, under the coach, uh, played by John Voigt. And Hmm. I think it shows the ruthless style, win at all costs. Uh, And finally, it breaks down to where the high school students, to their credit, say we're not going to play for him anymore. He stands out. He at halftime says, come on guys, let's go out there and we're going to go win for the town and all the great things that are going to come along with it. They don't go. And he kind of walks back into his office when he realizes that players won't play for him anymore. And of course I like happy endings. So they go out there and they win the championship in the second half. So this, this is your mean leader theme. Yes. mean (laughs) leader theme. Yes. So we have the we have the theme identified now. So yeah, uh, Gary, I've never seen Varsity Blues. Oh, really? It's one that just kind of missed by me. But I love sports movies, so I may have to and go I back and get that. I hadn't seen it till the pandemic. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. And I started watching. And I said, "Hey, this is pretty cool." Uh, kind of like uh, 
my Titans movie with uh, Denzel Washington. Oh, remember the Titans? Yeah, yeah absolutely, absolutely. But it really is a good movie. Quite honestly, it was entertaining, uh, and it had a good theme. I mean, John Voight's uh, ruthless coach, and you hear about those things in real life. And finally, the since it's a movie, the players are able to turn on him and uh, go out there by themselves and win it. Probably would only happen in a movie that they could do that. Part. Well, the way things are going, uh, we don't know if football season is going to continue. So we might have to watch that to get our football fix. Well, you certainly know my Wake Forest team actually was pretty decent this year, other than losing to Carolina, which we always do. We haven't played in three weeks. Because of the pandemic, no, my, my my poor son goes to UNC Charlotte. Uh, they've they've had a worse time than that, so uh, it's it's hard to get your football in. But at least we we're giving you your your football movie fix, and you can yeah. also uh, learn a few leadership lessons there. Exactly. All right. Well, my last film, um, and I'm going into the way back machine, and and this is a more obscure film so i and and I'll, I'll be interested to see if any of you are even familiar with it but uh it, it features america's favorite actor probably before he became our favorite actor tom hanks mm. back in back in his earlier days he was doing some you know he focused more on the comedy sort of thing splash bachelor party mm-hmm. but he made a movie called nothing in common where he starts to take on a little bit more of a serious type role. It's sort of a a drama comedy sort of movie where he's playing a uh, young, successful advertising executive in Chicago who's on a real good role. He's got some maturity issues. He's very successful, but pretty unencumbered in his life and that, uh, you know, he's – able to see various different ladies and whatnot. He's sort of living, living the dream in the big city. Then after 36 years, his parents, uh, he finds out, are breaking up, splitting up. And his father is played by Jackie Gleason, who uh, is sort of this uh, cantankerous, uh, uh, semi-angry uh, fellow and, you know, and, and does a great job with the role. And uh a major part of the movie is is him sort of coming to grips with dealing with his parents. But there's another theme where he's this advertising executive, aid, uh, advertising executive, and he's chasing a big account, uh, a new airline account. And I just find it very interesting the process that he's going through to try to secure the account. And uh, he gets to he and his team get to make a pitch to the account, and and just watching the creative advertising process. You know, and this movie was made back in the 1980s. I suspect the, it might have changed some, but but just the whole creative process of how they're coming up with ideas and uh, fleshing them out and storyboarding them and presenting them to the customer and ultimately making uh, a commercial, I just always found very fun and interesting. And, and Tom Hanks is bringing this manic energy to this role where he's, he's had, sort of flipping back and forth between the the zany advertising guy and he's getting beaten down by the real world of having to deal with family issues and parent issues and, and real life. Uh, so I, maybe because of the time in life when I saw this movie, it always resonated with me. There are a couple of uh, lovely uh, uh, female uh, relationships in it where he's, he's seeing uh, 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 the, 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 uh, 
airline CEO's daughter who works for the airline as well and is this uh, Tough as Nails Businesswoman Seal Award. And he's also got this relationship, that uh, sort of friendly slash romantic relationship with, with Bess Armstrong that's sort of also another conflict. Anyway, it's always been one of my favorites that, you know, from a business lesson perspective, just trying to get some sense of how people come up with these different ideas for commercials and advertising. You know, and I'm I'm talking up this movie, and I know that Chris and Alan, in their day jobs, they do some of this, and they're probably looking at each other saying, that ain't how it works. But uh, <laughs> I, uh, I enjoyed it very much, and just the way the whole uh, creative process uh, develops for this sort of business, even back in the day. And you get to see a young, budding Tom Hanks as he's starting to take on some roles with a little bit more chops than, than some of the comedy stuff he did. So that's, you get a chance check it out. So I have not seen nothing in common. I was aware of the film, but I haven't seen it. So I definitely am going to put it towards the top of my list. Did you, is it available on like Netflix or is it just, you know, out there and you plunk down a few bucks for it? Or do you know? I, I don't know offhand. I, uh, I, so, so you it, it won't cost you more than a couple of bucks. It's, it's, it's somewhat of an obscure older movie. So it's, it, you know, it's not going to be a, a big investment, but, uh, I would, uh, you know, for, for you guys, I think you, you might, you might enjoy it and I'll get, I'll be interested to hearing your perspective if you do see it, Chris. Okay. Excellent. I'm going to check it out. Yeah. It's actually one I, I pretty sure I saw like years and years ago, but I need, I wouldn't mind revisiting because, uh, I, I remember liking it when I saw it. I just don't remember much of the specifics, but, uh, I do know, uh, Tom Hanks, you know, he's America's dad and, uh, <laughs> you know, pretty much anything he's in is at least got some worthiness to it. And, uh, of course, with Jackie Gleason, it's great too. So, uh, it, it's always fun to see films portraying the world of advertising and marketing and some of that. And, uh, yeah, a lot of it's, a lot of it's fairly accurate. Some of it's not, but, um, but you know, that's Hollywood for you. That's fun. Well, I, I think he's more playing uh, America's drinking buddy in this one, but uh, as opposed to America's dad. But uh, that's okay too. And in these days, we can use one of those as well. Yeah, great. All right, so we got uh, we've got eight films out there for you to to look at. Uh, Chris recommended American Pickle and Donut King. Hmm. We can try to think about his theme there. And yeah. And uh, Alan recommended Ford v. Ferrari and Class Action Park. Gary yes. recommended Devil Wears Prada and Varsity Blues. And uh, I'm suggesting American Factory and Nothing in Common. So you got a lot of work to do out there, people, and uh, a, lot of, a lot of films that you can be uh, visiting over the holidays and beyond. So, but we always like to end up our program with some small businesses that uh, we've come across that we find interesting. So, uh, Chris Allen, we'll give you guys a shot to throw some out, uh, that might be interesting to you, Chris. So what are you seeing out there? So I'm going to recommend Sally's gluten-free bakery, which is actually in Georgia, Atlanta, Georgia. So anyone want to take a stab as to what my theme is? <laughs> well, there's some food involved. Yeah. Yeah. You got it. So yeah, pretty easy. I was coming up with my recommendations and I thought of Gary and I know Gary always likes food recommendations. A lot of times in small businesses yep. have to do with food. So um, I came across this bakery because my wife was looking to get a birthday present for, for her mom. Specifically, 
um, baked stuff, her mom is gluten-free, which kind of gets to be a problem because even if you can find gluten-free stuff in the store that you can buy, it's a lot of times not fresh. And then finding the ingredients to make a gluten-free cake, for example, can be kind of challenging. And then often it doesn't taste good. So my wife was like, okay, on a whim, she went online, found Sally's Gluten-Free Bakery. They have a really nice website. They're based in Georgia. They started in 2009. They actually now have three locations in Georgia. But what kind of, and they have just delicious stuff. You can go on their website. They do things as small as like sandwich bread or hamburger buns, but then they do carrot cakes and they do pumpkin pies and they do just tons of good, really good baked goods. And they do cookies and they actually also do pizza crust, which I thought was kind of cool. So um, I can recommend that we had, we bought some stuff from her mom for her mom for her birthday, but we also actually got some as well at our house and it was good. So I can say that it's good. I've tried the product. Um, but I will say something else that put this bakery kind of in the realm of something I definitely want to recommend was since it was web-based, my you know wife picked out some things and she emailed them because she was wanting to know, hey, in addition to gluten-free, my mom actually doesn't usually have a lot of sugar in her stuff. And I was just wondering if, you know, is it possible to get this little gift basket that you guys do? Can everything in there also be sugar-free? I know a couple of things are, but she really couldn't eat the other stuff. So can you just make it, you know, all sugar-free? She emailed and less than 15 minutes later, somebody called her on the phone and my wife was like, hello, because she didn't recognize the phone number. And the person said, yes, is this Brenna Fry? And then went on to ask all these questions. My wife was just like, wow, this customer service is amazing. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the call, they said, so this is for your mom's birthday. Would you like for us to include a message in there? And she was like, uh, yeah, that's great. <laughs> so my wife was just bowled over. And this is all, this happened back in September. So going out and shopping was kind of difficult as well back then because of the pandemic and stuff. And so to get that kind of kindness from a complete stranger just totally knocked my wife off off her feet. She was amazed. So yeah. uh, it's Sally's Gluten-Free Bakery. It's kind of a long thing to type in the web there. But, and they do deliver. That's the other thing. And their stuff is fresh. So they'll tell you like, okay, the soonest we can get it there is here because we want to make sure all of our products coming to you are fresh. But, you know, we were able to work around that. And it was, it was really good stuff. So uh, that's my small business recommendation. Well, it sounds sounds like uh, they they brought the goods to you, so it's uh, it sounds like a good one. All right, Alan, you got anything you want to share with us? Uh, I do, and my my small business recommendation is kind of a it's it's a it's a good recommendation of a business, but it's also unfortunately kind of a a, a sad situation given the situation we found ourselves in this past year. Uh, as we were just talking about movie theaters at the beginning of the show, kind of talking about this idea that, you know, movie theaters have obviously had a rough go, uh, of they're one of the industries I think has been the most dramatically changed because of the pandemic situation in 2020, um, studios are, or, or movie, uh, theater chains are in kind of dire straits right now. There are really a lot of uncertainty what's going to happen to the theater experience going forward. So my recommendation of a small business is uh, kind of a mixed bag in that it's a theater. It's a, a theater in Asheville that I'm a fan of. Um, I think they've done some really great creative things to try to persevere during this pandemic. But also as of May, they had to make a very dramatic change in location and downsizing of the business just to accommodate what is now a changing landscape for them. 
This is the Grail movie house. So it's G-R-A-I-L, Grail, like Monty Python in the Holy Grail, which is mm-hmm. something their, their theme and branding kind of plays off of a little bit. The Grail movie house in Asheville, it actually opened uh, several years ago in a downtown environment of Asheville. And they had, I believe, four screens uh, set up in the uh, as a theater. And they had a reputation for showing not only newer films, but they also should mix in a lot of classic films. And they had some great, just a great environment for watching films. Uh, a lot of great snacks and concessions and uh, craft beer from the local Asheville area. So it was a really nice environment. I really enjoyed going. It was a renovated grocery store building that was turned into the movie theater. So not only a creative use of a vacant building there in downtown Asheville. Um, right now, of course, you know, with the theater business the way it is, and uh, people are not going to the movie theaters right now in mass to see films, they had to pivot uh, kind of early in the year, obviously, to doing a lot of their screenings on virtual online. But I really want to applaud them. And I think they've done a great job of diversifying their business to to accommodate this situation. They're hosting private film screenings where people can rent the theater for a certain amount of money and just bring in their close family or people and still be social distanced within the theater, but just have a very private environment. They have online film screenings. They have a, right now, I think about 10 or 12 films they're offering in a virtual environment for people to buy tickets for. They've even started doing what they call their pop-up grail, which is where they're going to go and partner with some businesses in the area. And in the parking lots, they can actually put up a outdoor projection screen where people can come and enjoy a film kind of in an open outside environment. Even to the fact of selling concessions uh, on the curbside two days a week you know, for five-hour blocks of time, having concessions people can come by and pick up and, and buy. So again, a lot of things they've had to do to accommodate this, this strange new world we find ourselves in. Um, so I want to applaud them for that. I think it's great. I love their branding. I love the the style that they try to put forward with their with their cinema. Here's the the sad part is unfortunately in May they had to make the decision of moving out of their uh, current space, the one they had with the four screens, into a single screen environment that is really just meant more for private screenings, very small environment. Uh, that's something they just had to do uh, kind of because that, that's really where they needed to be. But they're still doing all these other outreach efforts to keep the theater business intact as best as possible and uh, still give people a lot of options for watching films. So I just want to call them out. They're small business. They're fairly you know regionally local to us. And uh, I think they're doing about as good as anybody in trying to trying to keep the theater business going the best way they can, uh, given given all the challenges they're facing right now. So that's the Grail Movie House in Nashville, North Carolina. No, it's a it's a interesting story, and it just it's interesting to see how various businesses are evolving and adjusting and and doing what they can to to remain viable as we're dealing with a, a, a real challenging environment out there, particularly for businesses that rely on uh, customers coming into their space and gathering in groups, you know, it's just, uh, you, know, yeah. you know, quite the challenge. You know, I think even, even action park would be different uh, uh, having challenges at this point in time. Somehow I got the impression that action park would have found some way to skirt all these regulations and would still be packing way too many people into that park dangerously. So that was just, that's my gut check on from seeing the film. So, yeah. All right, uh, Gary, what's your small business this month? Well, playing into what Chris said about me and my theme, 
Usually it's food or dogs. Uh, mine's about the Epic Chop House in Mooresville. It's been around for a while. And the reason it came up is my daughter's birthday uh, was this month. And so we had a birthday dinner at the Epic Chop House. Have anybody been to it? Any of you guys been there? Downtown I, old Mooresville, as I would say, not the new Mooresville. Uh, I have not. I uh, have not, but we're recording this right before lunch, and you're <laughs> making me spectacular. <laughs> and I mean, it has a very nice atmosphere, old uh, building in downtown Mooresville. Uh, steaks, of course, but uh, great food, great service. So I just want to give a shout out to them. I had another business I was going to use, but it was such a good experience. They handled us perfectly with the uh, protocols that you need. Everybody's wearing masks. I had the tables set apart so that you could feel very comfortable uh, in their uh, atmosphere. Uh, just a great food. We've gone the last couple of years, and I guess we'll probably go every year on her birthday because of it. And they've opened up a new location in Fort Mill. So I just give a shout out to them because it was a great experience for my family and my daughter's uh, birthday. Great food. That's great. That's okay. awesome. Chop house at steaks this is their specialty. No, I, I, I will look forward to checking that one out. Uh, that, uh, that's, that's up my line. You guys have all done a great job of sharing businesses that you've actually had experience with. I, me, not so much. So, um, what do you, what do you do with a worn wedding dress? You know, it's a, it's a problem because how often do you need a wedding dress? You know, I suspect for you guys, not that often. Um, me neither. Uh, but there's a company that I came across. And I don't even remember how I came across it, uh, but it just looked like a real interesting, cool company. It is called Unbox the Dress. And they basically take your worn wedding dress or that of your wife or daughter or whomever, and, and they will... Uh, turn it into keepsakes, uh, uh, whether it be handkerchiefs or uh, uh, robes or garters or pocket squares, or they've got all sorts of things. But uh, if, if you have a wedding dress that is not going to see any additional service, but you want to turn it into something that might be significant for your family, you can use this company, Unbox Address. They were formed, they started in 2016. Uh, they've been growing. Uh, it looks like it takes four weeks or so from the time that you send them your dress and tell them what you want to do with it. And they've got some selections that you can choose from. Uh, but uh, it just sort of looked like an interesting, unusual business that caught my eye. And the fact of the matter is, I actually have my mother's wedding dress, who my daughter has pretty much said that she will not be using. Uh, mm -hmm. It's still in my possession. And you know, what do I do with a, a wedding dress? So I might be checking out Unbox Address to see what I might be able to do with it and come up with some some heirlooms or ornaments or gifts or whatnot or something that might be significant to my family. So, so I'll let you know how that goes. But you can check them out at uh, unboxthedress.com. Well, great. Jeff, that, that sounds awesome. And my mom, uh, she did a less practical approach to using her wedding dress for something a couple of years ago. She'd had it forever. She used it to for Halloween and used a costume as the bride of Dracula. And that was not very practical because after that, yes, the dress was ruined. So <laughs> your, your idea sounds much more practical. So. <laughs> 
Well, it, we'll we'll give credit to the un, the unboxed address people, but uh, probably better than sticking a, a fake knife through your dress. Who knows? <laughs> exactly. Well, fellows, we always appreciate that uh, you're able to join us around holiday time and, and appreciate your movie knowledge and experience and recommendations. We want to thank uh, Chris Fry and Alan Jackson. Uh, we want to recommend the Foot Candles Film Podcast and that you look for it on the Mesh Podcast Network where you'll find a whole bunch of good stuff. But you can find it at uh, the Mesh.tv. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Subscribe, visit, and check out uh, the Foot Candle Film Podcast and all the cool Mesh Podcasts. Um, if you've got a suggestion for the Small Business of the Month, you can email it to us at exchange at the mesh.tv and you'll be eligible to win our prize pack if you uh if we choose your uh suggestion and uh again guys thanks uh we we hope that you guys have great holidays i i i'm assuming you're not going to be doing a lot of traveling we're all sort of hunkered down so uh i guess we'll be watching some movies Absolutely. That is definitely in the cards for this holiday season. So uh, hopefully, I mean, we just what, we just threw out eight suggestions for everybody out there to listen to. So, uh, so a lot of great stuff out there. And uh, yeah, plenty of stuff to watch. So that's what our holidays will, will be looking more like. So yeah, for sure. All right, All right Gary, any other uh, wise words to share with folks? No, I just want to wish everybody happy holidays and be safe and healthy. And uh, we certainly look to 2021. Uh, with brighter hopes. Yeah, that's for sure. All right. Yep. Well, well, we thank the Mesh Podcast Network and uh, best wishes to everyone for the holidays. Be safe out there and we'll look forward to talking with you again in about a month. You've been listening to The Mesh an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.